Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And we're joined as well today by Aaron from Star Wars Bookworms. Aaron, I believe we had you on the show a number of times back when we were, uh, you know, the We Talk Clones podcast, but this is your first Ion Cannon appearance. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. I'm very excited to be on the show. Great. Join us. And today... Today we're going to be discussing the ninth episode of Star Wars Rebels, titled Idiot's Array. But first, a couple of announcements. William, you want to grab those? Yeah, the uh, the first uh, announcement is we have the uh, next couple uh, episode, uh, episode titles for uh, Season 1, uh, starting with uh, February 2nd, which is uh, Vision of Hope. That's uh, uh, episode 12 of Season 1. Uh, and then uh, episode 13 called Action, and episode 14, Rebel Resolve. Uh, now, we actually don't know how many episodes are in this season. I believe the rumors between like 14 and 16. Um, Rebel Resolve could be the final one. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, We don't know at this point. Um, but yeah, Vision of Hope, Call to Action, and Rebel Resolve. Sounds kind of interesting. Uh, what do you guys think? They sound like uh, titles to me. No, no yeah. speculation at this point? Uh, for me, the jury's still out until we actually get the episodes. Yeah, or an actual, or some kind of rundown. I don't know. A vision of yeah, hope makes imp- me wonder. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say I'm always impressed that they can come up with unique titles that I haven't heard before. Because considering how many episodes of Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars came out, and all the different books and comic titles and all that, and I hear a title I've never heard before in Star Wars, I'm like, oh, how did they do that? That's a good mm-hmm. point. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, reading these kind of like, I don't know. Vision of hope makes me sound like there might be a Maybe like a Leia or Luke appearance of Star. I don't think a Luke. Maybe like a Leia. If we're getting, you know, we already have Billy. D- oh, I'm sorry. Um, we already have um, Bail Organa uh, in the series. Maybe we'll see a glimpse of Leia. Uh, Call to action sounds like maybe we're gearing up for some sort of uh, some sort of event. And maybe Rebel Resolve is. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I guess those could be that. Like a call to action sounds like a penultimate episode to me. It kind of does. So Rebel Resolve could like, be the season finale. I don't. I don't believe we know any more details on it. What could call to action be the the first inkling or the first pulling together of Reb, of a rebellion, and that's why Rebel Resolve there is at fourteen. Ah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very. I think they're going to go there with Leia. That's an interesting uh, prediction, just because I don't know. I've just never thought of this show having Leia in it. I would bet on it at this point. I feel like they're they're really banking on all of their guest appearances, and I feel like Leia is a really easy one, especially since we've already gotten Bail Organa. Yeah, I can't I can't see Luke, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. showing up in the series. Um, but Leia seems like something that could that could happen. So I I would hope they'd stay away from it. I mean I I think right now their main thing they should focus on, if anything is trying to establish these characters within the universe instead of trying to constantly pull characters that are already established. I mean, it's great yeah. they pulled in Bale. It's great they've pulled in Lando. But do we 
really need to see Leia here. I'd like them to stay away from this. I'd maybe like maybe not. Again, keep within this core group. Crazy speculation based on the yeah the title, but oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that, that's something where that's the best thing about the show and, and all shows like like us is is the speculation part of it. But it's the hope that you just don't want to overextend yourself by always pulling in these people. And it would be great just to concentrate on what you got right now. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to is let's see this call to action to start a rebellion because that could be the rebel resolve. So, yep, yep. My opinion. Um, and in other news, uh, Star Wars number one, the first issue of the new comic series from Marvel was released this week. Uh, I will admit I, you know, it's only been out a couple days. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, cause to my knowledge, Marvel is not giving out review copies and I just haven't had a chance to pick it up. Uh, but Aaron, I, I believe you read the, uh, read the comic, read the issue. I did. I picked what did it you up think? digitally. I, I, I liked it. I, um, I've been pretty harsh on the the Dark Horse Brian Wood version of Star Wars in our recent reviews on Star Wars Bookworms, but they, they it seems like at least with this first issue that Marvel has has got the the tone right, where I felt like Dark Horse's version just didn't quite get it right. Mm, um, and this is only one issue, so maybe it's too early to to give it praise, but it seems like that's kind of the general consensus for most of the people that I know that have been reading it. Um, it seems like everybody really likes it. Just, they got the characters, right. The art is great. The story is very interesting. Um, and it's even a surprising thing that happens at the end that I won't spoil. So yeah, I, I'm very interested and kind of have my hopes up now because I was not that excited when I first heard the announcement of the series, just cause I was like, Oh, we're going to do this same era again. Didn't we just have this? But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And it's all canon, so that's new for the comics. So that means I'm going to have to run out tomorrow and buy a copy. At least one. They have, like, 100 variant covers. <laughs> uh, there's no way I'm going I for I think literally 100, copies. don't they? Uh, yes, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, I, okay. That's insane. It's insane. I can't, I, I, yeah, I think it's a bit overkill. Some of the covers are interesting to see, but, yeah, I think they're, it's working though. It seems like it's. I think the sales for this thing are just through the roof. So, mm-hmm. it was a good strategy marketing wise, but um, but the quality of the comic is good too. At least in my opinion. Okay. So, I would recommend it. Well, luckily I have a comic book store that's right at the front of my uh, track, so I can probably run up there and grab one hopefully tomorrow. If they have it, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It always is. Always yeah. the question. We will see though. But you can always get it digitally. They have a, Comixology has them now. So oh, that's right. I was I was looking forward to that. I, I downloaded get, the. I've been app. thinking about going digital for all of my comics now, but. Yeah, I downloaded. I've the been app doing it. It's on my tough, surface, but I just but... haven't haven't purchased yet, unfortunately. So I gotta I gotta mm. purchase the uh, the issue, and and read it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it though, because especially because as you said, it's all canon now, and hopefully it'll tie in a little bit more. I mean, I'll be honest. I've been kind of disappointed by the the novels thus far. Um, I know we haven't I would had agree a with you. to review them on the mm-hmm. show, but I mean, Which confession. I hate to say, yeah, I do. I but... hate saying it, but like, confession. It took me a good month and a half to read a new Dawn Tarkin. I still have mm-hmm. not finished yet. I I never not finish books, and I I will go finish it, but I still haven't finished it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um. 
I'm uh, third of the way through Heir to the Jedi, and I like took a two week break from it. Um, Is Heir out start- now? Uh, it'll be on the shelves, I think, March third. Okay. Uh, I'm reading the review copy, and okay. I don't know. It's just, it, it's kind of disappointing. I don't know because so I really want to be like, I want to like not put the book down. I wish it was like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the it sounds like the the, the comics are uh, more interesting. Typically, I've always been more interested in the books and the comics, but um, basically, yeah, the initial impressions. Mm-hmm of this issue uh maybe it'll be the other way around right now yeah see i was more i like tarkin a lot more than new dawn new dawn was too slow tarkin started slow but kind of picked up for me so that i enjoyed but i do agree there's something it seems like missing from like plagueis plagueis was a great book there's something with these two that's kind of missing from you know the now legend universe when it comes to the books I will say that I think with these first few novels, because of the subject matter and we're kind of going back and rehashing characters that we know a lot about and we know their fates, it takes a little bit of the the interest, at least for me personally, out of the books. You know, I kind of I know what happens to Tarkin. You know, you can fill in his backstory for me, but I've never really been that interested to learn more about Tarkin anyways. That's a good Um, point. You know. Yeah. New Dawn is kind of the, you know it's the the history of some new characters, but still we you know we know where they are now. We know that Hera and and Kanan are going to end up on a ship together. So there's really not a lot to surprise you. But I think with some of the other releases that are coming, at least with the um, uh, what is it called, Dark Disciple. Yeah, um, the one with that, one, that one. Yeah. I, I hope that one. Good. It's with yeah, Kristen Gold. Yeah. I, I enjoyed her books. Inventress and Voss are two characters that are very popular. Oh, yeah. And we don't know their fates. So this right. is something that is like, okay, th- that to me is more interesting. It's expanding the universe to use an old term. But that's more the EU or the whatever they call it now that I'm yeah. interested in than, you know, kind of these stories that are rehashing the same characters. So yeah. right. I, well, I, all I'm the books, really excited for that one. All of the books thus far have been pretty safe because they all came at a time when, okay, guys, the universe is gone. We're working on rebuilding things as we get ready for episode seven. But by the way, episode seven could literally change at any time. They could write three scripts and be sure that's what they're going to do and then trash it all and start over. So right. don't do anything too crazy. I, I right. totally I feel like get that leads to the books it. we've got. Totally get it. And now that we're getting closer, I think that's going to change. I hope that's going to change. Yeah. Well, I think as we get closer, all the characters are going to introduce in seven. It would be nice to see books on those characters. And that would spin off, and that's going to expand the universe that way as well, because you're going to want to know some backstories of these characters once they get established. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get there. Yep. But in the meantime, I believe we have an episode of Rebels to discuss. We do. You know what? That's a great, that's a great segue <laughs> because it just so happens that the reason why we're here tonight is we're going to be reviewing episode uh, Idiots Array. This is episode nine from season one, written by Kevin Hobbs and directed by Stuart Lee. The synopsis for this episode is. The crew is forced to transport some unusual cargo. Now, have we ever had a Star Wars episode begin where somebody is playing a game of Sabic? Especially Zeb, which I know Zeb is a new character. But, um, you know, a Sabic game to start an episode is very, very interesting. Especially the characters Zeb is playing against. Well, it's especially fitting given a t- episode titled Idiot's Array, I feel. Well, absolutely. I, mean, absolutely. I love the introduction. I mean, this makes Sabak uh, canon. Um, it, it was nice to see them keep all the stuff from the EU-like well, was, Idiot's was Array. Before? 
I mean, oh, it was it was never it, in the films. Wasn't it mentioned in episode five? I thought. No. Well, how did he lose the Falcon? I don't. Did how he did Han lose the Falcon? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? That's what I'm not sure. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to remember if like. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure it was never, never I, called that. Yeah, I thought you just said he lost it. He, he just bet on it in, like, in a game of in a card game or something, mm-hmm. or a game of chance. Yeah, according to um, Wikipedia, which I think is pretty reliable, you never Usually, know. Yeah, but um, a new dawn was its first appearance, a canon mm-hmm. appearance. Ah, okay. So, so you're right. This I is think, the first okay. on-screen appearance of interesting. Yeah. Right. So. But I like. I thought it was kind of cool that they actually, you know, if you look at the cards that they threw down on the table, based on the the established EU rules of Sabic, they actually got it right. You know, yeah, the, I the hands that they the threw deal. down were yeah. actually the idiots array, and the numbers were right, and the everything matched up to like what the rules of it are. So I was like, wow, they really paid attention to detail, and that was a nice little shout out to people that are looking for that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Definitely. I I, I I just thought it was so cool that, you know, and just the way they set up the scene too with, um, you know, you see, you see Zeb and Chopper and, um, and Kanan, uh, you know, Zeb's playing the game and, and Chopper's by his side and Kanan's walking around the bar looking for work. And the whole time you don't see who Zeb's playing against. Um, and, mm. and Zeb's like, oh, I, I can't lose the, I can't lose. I got an amazing hand. You know, uh, I believe what, what was the, it's been a while since I played, um, Sabak. I actually used to play it on, there was like a web-based version. I play all the time. Um, yeah, he had a, he had a perfect 23, but you know, a 23, that's what it was. Yeah. And I was wondering if it was 21 yeah, or 23. Th- it's 23. Thank you. Yep. 21 is blackjack, which is yeah, not nearly, as not, not nearly as Star Wars. Well, also blackjack is real universe where you <laughs> exactly. have to something into, you know, a, a science fiction universe or exactly. Star Wars universe. So, yes. For, so yes. for those who don't know, I mean, you have to get a score of 23. I think it's, I think it's without going so, over, right? Close to that. A bit, well, yeah. Like, so the like, way, like real world. Sabic the way Sabic works is you get dealt uh, a series of cards and you can hit kind of like in blackjack, I believe. Um, and depending on the version of Sabic, sometimes the, the values of the cards will change. But your goal is to get as close to a 23 as possible. And that can be a positive 23 or a negative 23. And uh, the only thing that beats a pure Sabic, which is a 23, is an Idiot's Array. And I don't remember what the value of an Idiot's Array is. It's, I'm blanking. Idiot's Array is the Idiot's card, which is worth zero. Yeah. And then you have to have a card of value of two and a card of value of three. So you have a zero, a That's two, right. and a three, Got which it. would be 23. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And so I, I just loved the, how... Um, you know, Zeb's like, oh, I, I got this in the bag. I can't lose. Apparently, he forgot about the idiots array. Um, <laughs> I love how bad. I love how bad that he is at bluffing. Yes. He, you know, he's he's sitting oh. there with his cards and he looks over Kane and I can't lose. And I'm like, come on, man! Like, you gotta at least try to bluff a little bit. Maybe get a, a few extra credits in the pot. Exactly. But, yeah, that was. Well, he was already out of money. Yeah, but <laughs> but Kanan also had Kanan didn't have the poker face either because he was like. No. <laughs> yeah, they, he's like, yeah, yeah whoa, I love how it's amazing. I love how Chopper like literally bangs his head on the table. Yep. Like, he puts his little his little arms up and slams his head on the table. His uh, he's so hilarious. He really is. Yeah, All his reactions. This was, this was a really good episode for Chopper. I felt. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved. There's you know, Zeb's like, okay, like I'm. Well, I'd like to to bet again, but I'm actually out of money. I'm gonna bet Chopper, and Kanan like walks over. What are you doing? And Zeb's like, I can't lose. And he holds out the card. Kane's like, oh, okay, continue. Please, bet Chopper. 
by all means. But of course, you can't win at Sabic when you're up against the one and only Lando Calrissian. Woohoo. Voiced now, by actual Billy D. Williams as well. So, so I, were you I guys thought... like extremely excited to see Billy D. Williams in this episode, or like was this was this like a cameo appearance that you hoped to see, or were you kind of like, uh, Billy D. Williams again? Oh, I was gonna say this for the end. We can we can talk about this now. I'm conflicted over it. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm so so you're think so basically you're thinking it was just stunt casting. My, no, I so, mean it, it's great to have Billy D. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it almost seemed he seemed different than his personality in in uh, you know Empire. Sorry, it was so almost like you know Billy D I, playing Lando or Billy D playing Billy D playing Lando basically. Yeah, so I, I, me, you know what? I understand. Yeah, Tom and I, I were talking about this before the show. The way it felt like to me is, Lando has always been kind of a really sm- like a smooth operator, a smooth businessman. But he was a businessman, right? And like, obviously, the the fun part of Lando and like the fact that it's Billy D. Williams as well is just how smooth he is. So when people talk about uh, Lando Calrissian, it's like, oh, Lando's so smooth with the ladies and you know the money and all those sorts of things. He tried. He tried a it, couple times this episode. It he this, tried felt to me like uh, Billy D. Williams playing a caricature of Lando. Like, not the Lando you really know, but, like, like a, a fake Lando, almost. Like, well, it was, was I one... felt like it was missing pieces of his character that are really important. Yeah, well, what did There's you think? One thing... Yeah, go, Aaron, go Aaron, ahead. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I'm, I'm not a big Lando fan in general. I, I liked him in the, in the films, but I never really liked the way he was used in the expanded universe. Uh-huh. They kind of took that whole like, um, you know, smooth, you know, type of character to the max. It seemed like, and then I think the the personification of you know Billy D. Williams himself is you know he's kind of like that, and he has become a character caricature of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime he makes appearances at conventions, which I've seen him a number of times. You know, it's this constant, like, you know, smooth talk and he's hitting on the girls that are, you know, asking him questions and, mm-hmm. and like you see him, you know, make appearances on different TV shows and it's just, he's almost making fun of himself a little bit. And so like, I'm kind of tired of it. So when I heard that he was going to be in the show, I was like, oh, really? Like Billy D. Williams again? Like, but surprisingly, I liked the portrayal of Lando in this episode and I was okay with it. Like it, it didn't go the direction I thought it was going to, and I thought it worked well. And we can get into more details, I guess, of kind of the interactions with like Ezra and Kanan and the jealousy that was coming out and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked well. It actually was pretty humorous, and I surprisingly liked it more than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's that's one yeah, thing about it. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, there was one thing about it that bothered me just a little bit. A couple of shots, his model looked like he was a little kid. I don't know why, but there was something about how they modeled him that for me did not work. And I do agree that maybe he was a little bit too smooth because if you go back to empire, when there's something about how he acted in empire and how he acted here, I can see the caricature of himself because I also see how he acted in fanboys where he was all that smooth thing. And just like, you know, playing judge Reinhold and yeah, it's like, I'd be worried about you and it's your father. And you kind of got that same kind of thing in this as well. Not the Lando that was from empire. That was one thing. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Tom, go ahead. Did you feel that his voice was 
I don't want to say too old, but too aged for yes. the actual model. Yes. Yeah, that that was my problem with it because when I when I first saw a still of that model, quick glance, and, and it looked to me like it was a little kid. But then when you looked at it, it was like, yeah, that was Lando. But then the voice and the model didn't work because it was almost like they were fighting each other. Yeah. So I how mean, old is he supposed to be at this time? Uh, Does anybody know? Let's see. The the I mean, there are what two years between A New Hope and Empire. Uh, I think this is set five years before A New Hope. So he's got to be seven years younger than he was in A New Hope. Uh, is he I don't Han's know age? I, I think is he's like, I think he's right about Han's. Older. Hmm. I think he's a little so if, older. So if Luke is 15 at this point and Han is probably, I don't know, 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we assume that Lando's early 20s? Yeah. The yeah, model, the model 20, looks to 25. That. He actually looks pretty good for the... What he's supposed it, to be. It wasn't he the model about the right age. It was, it was just the voice sounded much older than the actual person. I was mm. I, I I agree with you, but I think I kind of was giving it a pass just because I know how old Billy D. Williams is, yeah. and I thought he did a pretty good job of, of oh, making yeah. his voice sound younger. There were a couple points because I know when you hear Billy D. Williams in interviews, sometimes he'll slur his words a little bit, and yep. I was kind of wondering, you know, how it was going to come across, and I did notice a couple times that the the voiceover worked seemed a little bit shaky but i'm sure they did a lot of takes with a lot of <laughs> stuff that he did but yeah. overall i was i was like ah oh, he did a, he did a pretty good job considering his age I, I actually wasn't as thrown off by the the age of his voice as i thought i would be he did i mean i had to give him a lot of credit for being you know 40 years older than when he first um or you know 30 years older than when he was um than the character he was last playing. portrayed the character, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Our last you know, officially portrayed the character, and uh, and yet he was playing an even younger character, and he sounded pretty darn good. Uh, as as you said, Aaron, he he kind of slurred the, some of the lines. And I think honestly, the bigger part was just how he was playing a caricature of himself. And I think that was more noticeable, the most noticeable change between Billy D from you know um, Empire and Jedi and him in this episode i think it's more of the oh he's now playing a caricature of himself and maybe he's almost forgotten how to play true lando mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. um anyway it wasn't a huge deal but it was kind of noticeable right um and, and you know there are a couple of things that i'll bring up too but uh well talk about that later. well here's a question to kind of move it forward but still dealing with lando carissian uh do you think that he cheated in the uh Sabbath game because he was he was accused of that. Zeb did did think that he cheated. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think know. he would have. I don't know if in this situation that he did, he might have actually had the the winning hand and you know didn't need to cheat. I don't think they gave us any indication, you know, any reason to think he cheated. Right. But I wouldn't put it past the character. Well, well, here's here's a just to throw it out there as well, you think he cheated because that way he could get them to move the cargo past the Imperial blockade. He was looking for a crew, wasn't he? Like he was looking for a crew. He needed to give, um, as Morgan, you know, uh, a reward of some sort of a payment. Like, right. It's almost like he had a plan, but at the same time, I think, ah, that's, that's too much. Even for Lando. to plan too many, too many things had to happen just the right way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm actually not Plus, sure. Zeb didn't seem 
Zeb didn't seem like he was too great of a card player anyway, so he might have right. just been upset that he lost. But you know, oh, it yeah. wasn't like he you know he he looked like he was a bit of a rookie at that game anyways. So exactly, we'll never know. No, we won't know unless they do a novel <laughs> and tell us, <laughs> which I wouldn't you know be surprised by. True. Well, I guess since Lando now ends up in, in the possession of Chopper, now Lando's got to move some cargo past an Imperial blockade, which was mentioned a little bit. Of, God, I didn't want to have edits in this. Uh, somebody help me out here. So Lando wins Chopper, and they decides to hire the crew of the Ghost uh, for this mission he's on. And in order to do so, this, you know, they go back to the ghost and he meets Hera. And we get some lovely, I felt like this was one of the better episodes for Hera. Mm-hmm. Um, as she pl- played with and off of Lando's uh, unique uh, persona, so to mm-hmm. speak. Well, I, I think she pegged him once he got on board. Yeah. Yeah, she knew he was a smooth guy once, once he got on board. She wasn't going to take any of it. Yeah, I love that about Hera. I love the fact that she wasn't affected by him at all. She saw right through it. And um, I think Sabine had a little bit, you know, she was kind of impressed by him. She liked the attention that he was giving her. You know, a younger character hasn't seen as much, you know, maybe doesn't isn't able to kind of sniff out these kind of guys. But Hera, she's like, okay, I've seen this before, buddy. You're not going right. to you're not going to impress me. And I love that about Hera. And the other thing I love is when she gets mad at Zeb, she uses his full name. Yeah, Gareth that is, is that, Aurelius. It's literally like a like mother yeah. yelling at a child. Yes. I, I do like that about, about Hera. Uh, and yeah, she does that, that quite a bit. Um, you know, and, and there's that whole scene where in, they're in the cockpit and, uh, you know, um, Atlanta's talking about he's a galact, uh, galactic entrepreneur and, you know, he's constantly explaining what, you know, his quote unquote big words mean to the uh, mm-hmm. the other people on the crew. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically since since he now owns Chopper, Chopper's given him a, a tour of the ship and kind of waiting on him hand and foot and all that kind of stuff. But the really weird thing to me, I mean, and, and I don't know if it was Aaron or, or, or Tom, one of you guys mentioned this, but he was also kind of um, playing it up with Sabine, too. She's like 16. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I had not thought of that. But I think that is... what I, and this is the other thing I liked about Hera in this episode on top of, she saw right through Lando because I think she even said that he was trying to divide the crew. He was, yeah. At the very end, uh, yeah. she gives him a, he, she's just like, you know what? I see what you're trying to do. Like not okay with this. Right. Right, and that's why I loved Hera in this episode. Is she just she was great, and it's true. It's like, dude, and, and that's why it's like when it came to Lando, it's like, yeah, he brought the smooth in a little bit too much on a sixteen-year-old, which got Ezra upset. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're really trying to play off the Ezra Sabine thing, even though it's like you could tell Sabine's like, you know, hey, you know, Ezra, you're just a kid. You know, even though I'm probably about maybe a year older than you are, I've got a little bit more life experience than you do, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they're really trying to play off that the jealousy of Ezra of Sabine. It's 
I'm starting to get kind of tired of it. They, they've been playing this angle for a while, I feel, without it actually going anywhere. Like, we, we know that Ezra, and Sab- or Ezra likes Sabine, and he's, you know, going out of his way to try and, uh, you know, woo her and, like, you know, do his thing. And it just, like, he keeps doing the same stuff, and we get the same sort of jealousy, jealous reactions. And I would like to see them do something different with it, I think. The thing I liked about that element to this episode, I liked how you not only see the jealousy from Ezra, but you also see the jealousy from Kanan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if with Kanan it wasn't as much like being jealous that that Lando was talking to Hera, I don't think. But I think it was more, who's this guy coming in here trying to act all suave, you know, kind of with my crew, you know. Yeah. I think that Kanan didn't like him. Ezra didn't like him for other reasons. And it's kind of that typical, like, um, territorial guy reaction, you know, when the other, when another cool guy shows up and you think you're the cool guy, you know, and so it's mm-hmm. just that that funny reaction to see on this ship, you know, where they're they're ready to just kick him out, you know, and there's multiple times where it just becomes it becomes a good point of humor, I think, for the episode, which I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought it works better with Kanan, especially, and this is one of the, those few moments where I felt like reading a new Don actually uh, had some sort of benefit to the show. But this is, you know, Kanan was kind of an a Lando type person before he met Hera. You know, lots of spending time at bars, getting into fights. He was never quite as good, obviously, but they were similar, I thought. And I thought watching him get kind of put out of shape by Lando worked really well. Yeah, which I, I agree with you, Stephen. That that is something that you probably wouldn't know unless you read a new Dawn. Yeah. Because the show really hasn't given us um, an indication of what type of person Kanan was before he got on the ghost, but a new dawn does. And a, you're right. He was, you know, he was out drinking and meeting women and, you know, kind of a flirtatious guy. And, you know, that's a character trait that they haven't really portrayed as much in the show. Yeah. They're, they're almost like different characters mm-hmm. uh, or Kanan is almost like a different character. Yeah. But it led to some funny lines, you know, for sure. When the, like I like how at the end when they're when the guys like if you give me Lando I'll let you and your crew live, and <laughs> and Hera's like we're not going to do that and Ezra and and Ezra and Kanan are both kind of like oh well let's think about it you know yeah <laughs> they were ready to just hand him over you know let's get rid of this guy oh I I love that yeah he's like I want to bury Calrissian and he's like oh I understand the feeling but no and <laughs> it's like no wait let's consider that and, and again you know he's like no no we should really <laughs> consider like giving him Lando and just being done with it. Um, yeah, so I do like that. That's that element of, of Kanan's character. Of course, Hera is too, um, too much of a, a stand-up lady to. Um, she's to, a professional. To that, to yeah, that to happen yeah. exactly. She's the one that keeps it all together. But she yeah. had some really good moments in this episode. Um, I love the the part where she she kind of plays along with Calrissian as he asks them to do when they go on the the other ship, and I like the part where she uses that tray to knock out the guy and then she uses the same tray to knock out the guard and then she's mm-hmm. like this tray has been very helpful today or something i forget yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah exactly just flippantly tosses it to the side and i was like that was that's good writing there like it really mm-hmm. made me laugh well exactly so what actually I also so loved you, about that episode mm-hmm. go ahead william oh i was gonna say that um you know aaron you you brought up um the the the, the enemy ship basically as morgan and uh, and with the the tray and everything, 
Uh, and this was a very interesting scene for Lando, I thought. Um, the ghost rendezvous with Azamorgan's ship. And uh, they walk in and they see this big, well, really gluttonous character. Uh, very overweight, kind of sloppy food, eating food, kind of spilling everything all over. And I don't know. Um, I-, I guess we'll start with, like, first, what did you think? And I'll throw this to Aaron first. What did you think of Es Morgan? And two, what did you think of what Lando did to Hera? Well, I, I like the villain in this episode. Um, he was definitely kind of a gross-out type villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked him. I liked the voice that they they chose for him. I thought it worked really well. I think the I recognized the voice right away, and I couldn't remember where I had heard it from. Um, and I'm not even sure the name of the, the actor that plays mm-hmm. him, but... He's in a lot of stuff. Um, it's an Asian uh, guy, and I think he might have been in like um, Kung Fu Panda, maybe. Or he has a very recognizable voice that you you've heard in other things. So as soon as I heard the voice, I was like, okay, they got a, a good voice actor for this part. Um, I liked the villain, very interesting, um, and I liked him throughout. I mean, he was gross, but I, I liked the character, very unique. But um, as far as Lando's, you know, kind of what he did. Um, I guess it made sense for the show to make it a little bit more dramatic, but you would have thought that he could have at least tipped them off, like as they're walking down the ramp, like, "Hey, okay, here's my plan. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand over Hera. You know, there's an escape pod she can get out. You know, she can handle herself and and kind of like tip them off, but to just kind of surprise them, you know, hey, I'm handing her over to the to this bad guy. Um, it, it did seem a little, you know, maybe not the smartest way to go about it. But he was trusting that Harrow was going to pick up the thing about which she did about she did, the escape pot. Yeah, it could have right. been a lot easier if he had just said it, you know, before they got on the ship. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that I'm handing you over, but you can get out on an escape pod instead of kind of the off the you know kind of comment that he made about escape pods. I don't yeah. know. He could have been a little more clear. Actually, True. I but missed it also seems- the comment about the escape pod uh, the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. Uh, he actually does when they're when they're emptying the ship. He kind of leans over to Hera and says, "Like, you know, at least this ship has escape has escape pods if an asteroid attacks or something like that." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, yeah. hinting to Hera if something wrong happens, use this. And she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the, really basically the contingency plan I was hoping for." Um, but I completely missed it the first time, and so later he's like, "I told her to use the escape pods. Weren't you listening?" I was like, right. oh, okay, I, I get that now because I didn't actually hear it the first time. But, that was um, one thing about this episode. It, it seemed like with this episode, Lando was playing everything close to the vest because even when they took the quote-unquote sophisticated mining equipment, it was never stated what it was. It just ended up being a box. Yeah, you know? which was kind of weird, but, but like, I don't know. Um, but I mean, before we move on, Steven, do you have any thoughts on, and Tom, do you I was have any say, thoughts on Aaron, Morgan? Because I have a couple thoughts. You're actually correct, Aaron. So the the voice actor's name was uh, James Hong. He was in Kung Fu Panda, um, and he's done all Good sorts ball. of. Oh, you beat me to it! I was trying to pull well. up the episode credits. Yep. <laughs> we do uh, ad no, after see, ad after ad. <laughs> when in doubt, IMDb is always the Good way to pull. go. Good nice, pull. Nice. But uh, no, I thought you guys covered that pretty, pretty. Fully. Yeah, I mean, so I I will say I just add one more thing. Um, he he was definitely unique. Although I don't, he almost felt too much, too cartoony, in, in some ways. He didn't almost feel like a realistic character. He was so over the top and so, 
Um, I don't know. It kind of looked plasticky too, although that's the art style of the show in some ways. Basically, I thought somewhere I read online that he was he was an original. His original idea was supposed to be like a job of the hut character, or it was supposed to be one of the original models for Job of the Hut is what I'm I was trying to say. I can see that. Yeah. So it it's nice that they are when it goes to Sabic, they're pulling out the actual Sabic, you know, how to play it. But it's nice that they're going back to the actual well of, let's say, a Macquarie design and saying, okay, here's some great stuff here. Let's mine it and bring these characters forward and pay homage to what's already there. Instead of creating a brand new character, Mm -hmm. we're going to pull this that could be Jabba the Hutt and still make it a slimy character and still have him a bad guy and give him a different name and voice Mm -hmm. or actual voice because Jabba never had one. Exactly. Yeah, they do that all the time in this this show, which is is really cool. and so another another question for you guys, since we're talking about the whole betrayal right now with the, of course, you know, Lando would sacrifice Hera being a Twi'lek um, to uh, the hut-like creature. Uh, and, you know, Lando's like, trust me. But what do you guys think about Lando's betrayal? Is that is that in character? Because at first I was like, oh, is he always betraying people? He's betraying everybody on Cloud City. He's betraying them here. Um and then I really kind of stopped and thought about it some more. Like, well, maybe it's maybe it's okay. Um, you know, while yes, he was forced to betray his friends on Cloud City due to the Empire. Um, you know, Han doesn't trust him to begin with. So mm-hmm. maybe that is kind of in character. Maybe he just does double cross people all the time and really never tells them the full story. Uh, thoughts? So actually, I'm not sure I agree. The Lando that I'm I I'm not sure like I agree with myself either, for the record. But. Is... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Aaron, help me out here. Um, Timothy Zahn's book that was Ocean's Eleven, but Star Wars. Oh, uh, uh, scoundrels. Scoundrels. Oh, scoundrels. Okay, that to me is the kind of like ideal Lando. He's a businessman. He he's a smooth operator, and he always has a plan. He's good. Like he's very very good at what he does, and I feel like that was. You didn't get it all the time during this episode, but you got it some of the time so like you know the making sure to tell uh hera about the um escape escape pods pods. and things like that that to me is lando Mm. less the double crossing untrustworthy like yeah it's not that he was untrustworthy it was really just that you know he had a plan and this was how this is how he was going to do it Mm mm-hmm so William, what what's the betrayal that you're referring to? The the fact that he didn't pay them at the end? Uh, actually, I was specifically referring to, and again, this is actually revealed to not be as much of a, of a betrayal as as you might think, um, but just the fact that he sacrifices Hera. Um, oh, okay. As it turns out, he actually had a plan. Um, yeah. But it kind of reminded me, it. in some ways, of Cloud City, where he's like, "Oh, here's the Empire. Have fun, and you know, oh, we'll go, we'll go save you later because I got a plan, you know." Right. Yeah, I, I saw it more as he, he definitely had a plan. I don't think he ever thought that they weren't going to get her back. Yeah. I thought that's... it was just kind of all part of his master plan. I think there was, there definitely was an element of of betrayal kind of at the end because it seemed like he never was really planning on paying them. Um, mm-hmm. But then you even have the thing where, you know, he's like, well, I didn't pay him because they stole my fuel cell kind of thing. So you never know with this guy, you know, how much of it is a plan, how much of it is accidental, you know, success who knows 
I think that's probably the story of Lando Calrissian's life. You know, <laughs> he probably gets by on a lot of luck and a lot of smooth talking and maybe some planning involved, but it's a it's a mixture of all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, his his ship is uh, Lady Luck, right? Lady, Lady Luck. Luck. So, is well. Key? Is it? The <laughs> <Lady Luck anymore? laughs> well, wait, but that, that's in the Legends universe now, so that's we'll see what happens season. coming forward. Uh, so yeah, actually, that 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 you know that name, as before, I always fit him well. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that didn't fit him so well is when Hera returns the ship and punches him in the gut. Now I don't know what <laughs> happened here, but his voice like. It's like he's going through a voice changer. His voice like changes pitch really weird. Well, and I suspect, uh... I suspect that they added another line of dialogue in after the fact, and just maybe they mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't get Billy D and just didn't match up. And so no, I I think they what they changed were trying to pitch do to was Hera kicked him in the groin, and when you get kicked in the groin, <laughs> like in all the cartoons, your voice gets really high and squeaky. Which is no, why not, this was bad. Look, Star Wars has good sound design. This was bad. Okay, now wait a minute. Oh. Star Wars has good sound design? Do you remember a certain episode with a Gungan? Okay, I didn't say the actors were always perfect, but like they clearly <laughs> intentionally pitched this up. Because I, I think what they were trying to do is... not realistic at all. He was like, he had to be in like speaking through a, you know, a voice changer to get that sound out of him. Okay. But he got punched. It's probably in the, the most gut. annoying thing in the whole episode for me. <laughs> it, no, I, I full. Uh, actually, I don't agree. The stuff that comes up towards the end annoyed me more from my because of whatever. <laughs> but no, I, I like. I oh. agree. It was awful. I think it was fully intended, though. I think they were going I, for. Uh, to, they were trying to be funny. I he agree, Stephen. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Stephen. I was really it trying was to give him definitely an intentional. It was an intentional joke, I think, that just missed. I, I didn't think it was funny either. It was it just didn't fit. And, uh, yeah, it was just a bad bad decision, but I don't think they were trying to mask anything. Yeah, it was like... It was just a bad joke. It went by so quick. It, it went by so quick. It's like, you know what? It, it's a one and done. They didn't repeat I it. I watched the episode three nice. times. It was painful every time. <laughs> See, what I think, what I think they need to do for if you're gonna make that joke, like let's, they, we've decided we're putting in the high pitched squeaky joke. What you, I feel like you have to do for that is, you make it, it, it's really fast. Like Lando is talking, he gets, he gets punched, he starts talking. The first word is slightly higher pitched, not absurdly yeah. high. He stops, clears his throat, and then continues as normal. Exactly. I think that was actually what bugged me the most. Because like it. It faded back into his normal vo- voice yeah. very linearly, and that was where I had the issue. It was like, as then I'm back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. enough harping on this. Uh, this, you know, three seconds of dialogue, but man, did bug me. But Stephen, <laughs> I think there was something that bugged you a little bit more. Well. No, we're not quite there yet. We're we're close. But first, well, Zeb and Ezra have to predictably open up the container. Yeah, because you uh, know kids can't wait for Christmas. They have to open up the boxes sitting in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, if you look at this episode, they still have the thing in which there was a point, and I cannot remember or put my finger on it, where they still looked at each other like they were brothers, like he mm-hmm. did it. Or it's like, huh, 
we didn't know. You know, maybe that was after when they opened it up and this puffer pig came out. Okay, but it's still a thing to where you've got there's still these two characters that are acting like children, which sometimes works, sometimes is irritating. What did you guys think of the puffer pig? I wanted to know what would happen if he had scared the puffer pig while it was in the cage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to know what would happen if you just poked the puffer pig with like a needle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want the explanation of once that puffer pig was on the planet and it did blow up like that. Why did it almost seem like it was a almost a helium balloon? Yeah. Yeah. I I saw that they're going for is they're going for like the pufferfish type type, you know, type thing. Which I understand. And they're they're merging a pig. As the name implies, they're merging a pig with a pufferfish. But it just feel felt too This is my other major major, yeah. Too cartoony and too like Let's take two real world things, you know, blend them together and call it Star Wars. And I feel like Star Wars has typically, not always, but typically done a pretty good job of having things that look real world e, but aren't, you know, whether it's the creatures, um, and, you know, down below the sea in The Phantom Menace uh, or by Atagunga or, you know, um, the animals on Tatooine or whatever. They're, they're similar, but they're not like exactly real world things. And this, even with the name, clearly says this is a pig that expands mm-hmm. and blows up into a giant ball. I think it even snorted like a pig, too. Yeah, and I was like... It had that sound. Yeah. It just didn't feel like Star Wars. It was silly, um, but I kind of try to remember like who the, the target audience for the show is. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not people in our age range. You're right, Aaron. <laughs> so You're right. So like I think it's silly, and I... It kind of was a bit annoying, but at the same time, I was just like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, my my son probably thinks it's hilarious, you know, and that's who they're really trying to keep interested. Um, so yeah, it it was it was fine. And I actually wonder, think of the merchandising. Like, merchandising. Think of the merchandising. Um, oh, sorry. What was that? I mean, you mentioned it, it's kind of younger and, and more designed more for the kids. I wonder, like, the episode is kind of. I don't want to say dark-ish, but like, you know, it first starts the card game, which I mean, might have gone over the heads of kids a little bit more like, but then again, they don't really go into like the rules or anything. So it's not that big a deal. Then you have, you know, Lando giving up, uh, kind of betraying quote unquote Hera and getting her back again. Um, you know, you have all this kind of stuff, you know, Hera being used temporarily as a slave. Um, and then they get to the, the, puffer pig and it kind of brings down or, or lightens up the episode in many ways. It, it was almost kind of out of, out of sync with like the rest of the, the, the tone of the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's probably what bothered me the most about it. But yeah, you're yeah, right. Maybe, maybe they added it more for kids to kind of, I wouldn't disagree with you there. It definitely didn't fit the tone, but yeah, it like kind take... of served a purpose oh, in sure. a way because he, you know, the fact that the the crew ended up being separated because of that. It's like you know there was different there was different things in the episode where it was like okay I can see the purpose of of this thing, um, but overall it was a very silly a silly part of the episode. Yeah. And, and Stephen, I think now is the part where now is my part. Couple, so... a couple issues with this the scene where they're artificially split up and things start happening. 
Well, so I've been wondering from the beginning when Lando talks about needing to get past the blockade. Oh, okay. Like, at first, like, they just leave the planet. There's no blockade, so I was a bit confused. And I was like, oh, blockade's for getting onto the planet. Okay, I can accept that. Um, and so we get there, and Lando makes a comment about needing to get the masking signature turned on because that's how they, you know, stay hidden from the Empire. But it's not working right now for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so they're approaching the Star Destroyers without the masking on. Which is, you know, okay. And Stupid. Uh, Chopper fixes it. Sorry. Keep going. Chopper yes, fixes sir. it. And this is like, the Imperials are looking at the ship when Chopper fixes it. And they're, they're not concerned. Because even though the signature is not the right one yet, they're, it's apparently not a, not a problem yet. Okay. They're, they're like, oh, this, this is the you know, ship out of, what is it? I can't remember the name of the planet anymore. Uh, you know, it's okay. Let him through. Great. Then the puffer pig expands again, knocking Zeb into the console, turning off the masking signature, at which point they're suddenly concerned. And it really, really bothers me. Okay, well, here's the other thing why, that bothered me. Uh, like, why what? didn't it bother them to begin? Like, why didn't they not notice the signature to begin with? Like, they clearly are talking I, about that. Is, is that the rebel ship? Nope. The name yeah, is okay. like, they're, con- We're good. they're clearly concerned. Okay, I, I think I think I see where you're coming from because I had that question too. Because I swear that first officer, the masking signature was not on when the mm-hmm. first officer t- took a look at it. No, it wasn't. The second officer took a look at it and said, oh, it's no big deal. It's a signature. Why couldn't the first officer have sat there and said, but sir, the signature changed between when I looked at it and you looked at it. Rebel Spy 101, change the signature of your ship before you get within visual or scanning range of your enemy. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> and then my second pet peeve is so they get discovered, they send TIE fighters. Hera is unable to get to the cockpit because of the giant puffer pig. Zeb and Kanan are piloting, and Hera's like, you know, go into the clouds. So they, they dive into the clouds. Cool visual effect. Mm-hmm. Looked really nice. Mm-hmm. I, I did like Except that the, the TIE fighters lose them. Really? Like. <laughs> You realize that we've, like, we as in, like, the actual human species have figured out how to find people in clouds, right? Like, we, oh, that's, not, that's not a problem we normally have. Why are the TIE fighters so confounded by this? I just, ugh. Well, remember, the TIE fighters don't have shields, so maybe they also cheaped out on radar. <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe the TIE fighters, the pilots <laughs> have to like be visual. smashing into each other in the middle of the clouds. <laughs> Maybe the heads-up display within the TIE fighter helmet didn't work. Maybe it's too close. And maybe maybe, maybe Google Glass didn't work for them. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's because they canceled it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's no longer sorry. for sale. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a now real world joke. Um, <laughs> no, but the point. Yeah, uh, anyway, no, I know. I, just, I know it where was, you're from. It was a series of events that all felt like they were designed solely to help move the plot along without making any logical sense. Which ha- happens a lot in animation. It really does. And you, and you know what? In a 22 minute episode, they got to keep things moving. I, actually, a lot of this stuff, I, you're, you guys are pointing out, I didn't even think about like the whole thing with the clouds. And maybe TIE fighters are designed more to be start. You know, they're, you know, you're fighting in space with these things typically. And maybe Hera knew that. And so she's like, oh, let's confound them by flying into the clouds because they don't usually fly in clouds. Yeah. I mean, I usually, my brain just kind of goes through that stuff really fast as I'm watching these episodes and just explains it away. So that I think, stuff didn't even really stick out to me. And I think you're right, Aaron. I mean, we're we're really nitpicking here, but 
you know? Yeah, which is which is the point of exactly these sure. shows. So totally. I don't mind it at all. I think it's fun to listen to you guys talk about it. But yeah, just it all. <laughs> well, and it, like it's one of those things yeah. where it, this it's my personal pet peeve. So I can't like yes, it, I'm nitpicking, but this is the type of thing I love to nitpick about. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's it's. Uh, you're totally right though. It's a show designed. Adults can enjoy it. It's but it's also aimed at a younger audience. Right. Say like you know, The Force Awakens sounds like it'll be aimed at a slightly older audience. But um, at least this show—it's what based, based on like the trailers and stuff that we've seen thus far. But you know, trailers can be deceptive. That's not the point. This show is aimed at a slightly younger audience, and it is uh, that everybody can enjoy. And it is a cartoon, and because it's animation, they're going to be able to take certain liberties, like characters a little more cartoony than normal than you would see normally, or um, you know, maybe those those slapsticky. Uh, jokes or the you know the crazy voice changer sound effects and you know suspension of disbelief when they they fly into the clouds with radar and, and that sort of thing. So you're right, we are totally nitpicking it. <laughs> can I can I say something about Zeb? Yes, please, please do because I I'm kind of confused about his, his character. I felt like. The lead up to this show, you know, they they gave us some descriptions of the characters and those introduction videos, and and one of the things that they told us about Zeb was that he was um, he was like an honor guard, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kind of a a, kind of a noble figure. I almost expected him to be, Um, you know, very upstanding and maybe you know, kind of a guy that goes by the rules. And you know, when you hear the words honor guard, that's the type of person you might think would be an honor guard. but man, is he he just messes up all the time, and like this episode, myth. they really, yeah, he's a, he's very. It almost comes across as an immature character. He's constantly getting into fights with Ezra, mm-hmm. um, which I find funny. But it just seemed like this episode in particular. I mean, he's the one that lost Chopper in the Sabbath game. He's the mm-hmm. one that you know helped Ezra let the pig out. He's the one that you know accidentally hits the button that turns off the masker thing. He's the one that gets captured by the bad guy at the end. I'm like, man, they're they're really making him be almost like the kind of look like the dumb dumb oaf a little bit, which is like, ah, it's just not the kind of character I thought he was going to be. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's the way they've done the show f- for a lot of it is all of the characters come across as kind of one dimensional to me. They they all have their one thing, and that's what they do. Right. You know, Ezra is kind of clumsy and hits on Sabine. He and Zeb are brothers they, fighting. Like they're yep. they're defined by a single trope, or all of their scenes feel like single tropes. The relationships, I would, I yeah, would, yeah, I would say, yeah. And I'm I'm sure they will well, expand on this as right. I hope they will expand on this. The show goes. Well, on. But you I also, do think you also have right. to look at, and I look at it this way: this is still the first season. Depending on how many seasons there is, I mean, we do know celebration. They're going to be premiering the second season, so we know there's a second season. So maybe right now they're just looking at establishing these characters the way they are and moving into hopefully moving into the second season. We'll see them branch out a little bit and not just be the fighting brothers, the teenager, you know, that Ezra's got to fall in love with the mother of the group, the the I'm not going to say, you know, brooding ex Jedi who's trying to figure out if I'm going to be a Jedi master to a Padawan and I'm not going to fail or I'm going to fail and all the other stuff. Maybe we're going to see these characters grow now at a certain point getting into the second season. Mm-hmm. Maybe right now it's just we're going to establish these characters the way they are. We're going to see how they're established, how people react to them. If it goes great, now we start growing them up and moving them forward. 
And yeah. I'm really hoping for new haircuts for Kanan and Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would, I would be okay with that as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, um, yeah, so we land on the planet. Uh, Lando is apparently planning on mining precious metals uh, from this land that was sold to him by Visago, which I thought was kind of a nice touch to the first episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the our villain of the piece, Ozzy Morgan, is there with all of his guards uh, and tries to... I, wanna, I don't want to call it a negotiation because it really wasn't a negotiation. It was kind of a, you're going to do only what I want you to do and we'll Give call me your ship, all of your guys, your droid, and the cargo because uh, you stop, stamped on my foot, basically. Stomped on my foot. Right. Yeah. And oh, you made me walk. Like, and you made me walk. Yeah. Uh, and uh, otherwise I'll shoot you. Yeah, I'll just shoot you anyway. It was basically basically how it went. Um, um although I, I do want to call it real quick before we discuss the 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 fight scene, which was which was pretty uh-huh. interesting for sure, uh, except for the bouncing um, uh, puffer pig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Was I? That's what it was. I was a little surprised to hear, um. Ezra, do a your face joke, basically, or your face so... retort when they were. Oh wait you know, a minute! I missed no, no, that. Got, no, yeah, so it was. Zeb was they were like, walking it's... out of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they were talking about crashing. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, and no, Zeb's like, no, okay. you know, uh, you know, this was all, you know, this was all uh, your fault, and Zeb was like, no, it wasn't my fault. And then Ezra's response was like, it was your face's fault, and something like that. It's just, oh no, really. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, okay, no. I missed that completely. <laughs> We're still gonna die in here. No. Um, <laughs> can't have oh, an episode geez. without Jar Jar. Uh, but anyway, back to the fight. Uh, Chopper hides behind a fuel canister, which is always a great thing to do in the middle of a fight. Um, yep. Years of video games tell us that this is a fantastic idea. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, because, you know, while the fight is in, ensuing, he's actually able to drag it onto the ship without anybody noticing, which was which was pretty smart on his part. Well, uh, not without anybody. Ah, exactly. But uh, but meanwhile, one one thing I did like since I it's I feel like I've been kind of ragging on the episode a lot. Um, so I will tell you something I, I did like. And um, that's when Ezra uses his quote unquote lightsaber. Uh, he, you know, he, he pulls it out and Ken's like, Whoa, whoa, you cannot use this here. You don't want to give yourself away. And Ezra reassures him and instead uses it as a blaster, which right. I guess is now is the official t- first time it was officially revealed. It was revealed in the visual guide, which is why we talked about it on our review of Gathering Forces um, when he, he built the lightsaber at the end of, of last year. Um. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He he built the lightsaber at the end of Path of the Jedi, which was the last year, end of last year. For those of you watching on Watch Disney XD, um, but it was the la- previous episode. Um, anyway, the thing I really enjoyed was that Kanan actually said, "Hey, mine doesn't do that," which is a nice mm-hmm. callback to um, you know previous episodes where they've been talking about, "Does your lightsaber do this?" Which kind of was over the top at the time. Um, and yet the, just the one-off reference to it was a, was a nice callback, I thought, in this case. So props to the crew for that. I like how, um, 
I like how Kanan's trying to teach Ezra the proper time to use the lightsaber. It's it's the same thing when if you read uh, New Dawn in that whole book. This is not a well. Those who have not read this read the book. Spoiler alert. I think we can spoil it at this point. Okay, that's fine. Throughout the whole book of New Dawn, Kanan never took out his lightsaber. He only took it out when he needed to, and that happened to be the premiere episode of Rebels. So it's a basic, the same thing he's trying to teach Ezra right mm-hmm. now. You can't use your lightsaber every time when you get into a fight. It's only when it's in dire need you pull the thing out. Mm-hmm. So I like how they're staying true to that. And his little blaster had an interesting type of uh, firing pattern, I guess you could say. I don't know what it was shooting out, but it wasn't your typical like mm. blaster beam. It was more like mm-hmm. these little balls. Like I guess, like in a way well, that it was kind of kind of like replicating his... what he was doing with the yeah slingshot. the slingshot yeah. yeah yeah. And I have to say that's actually so one thing the he show now has done. an automatic slingshot. That that's one thing the show has done really well is coming up with unique weapon styles. Whether it's Ezra's, mm-hmm. and we, we talked about this briefly in the last episode, but whether it's Ezra's uh, lightsaber blaster um, or Kanan's, um, you know, um, lightsaber that you can basically break apart into a couple pieces and hide on your belt. Um, there's uh, the Inquisitor's um, double-bladed rotating lightsaber. Um, there's... You know, all, all sorts of really interesting things. Uh, you even had Ezra's well, slingshot, even, which we didn't really see before. Right, and I think even Zeb's weapon. Yes, which kind of reminds me of the Magna Guard. Yeah, weapon. it does. But mm-hmm. yeah, it does. They're they're all, for the most part, very unique, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, the scene kind of resolves itself as you'd expect. Sabine does her thing, and. Uh, holds the last two soldiers hostage after jumping on top. Uh, uh, Chopper gets a nice moment when he sneaks onto the ship and uh, threatens uh, as Morgan, who had taken Zeb hostage. And it kind of, we get the classic Cloud City theme in the background, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? I, I know I complained about it at one point, but I do like how much they're using all the classic themes. Uh, Kevin Kiner's doing a great job on this show. Mm. It, it's cool. And then, uh, so, yeah, so really the episode kind of wraps up with, you know, uh, as Morgan escapes, they, they basically let him go. And Lando's not too happy about that because, I mean, he's going to deal with him at some point, but no big deal. Um, Lando now owes a debt to Hera cause, uh, for the trip. And uh, since he has no credits, um, he said, well, I'll just owe you one. And they kind of... No, that is until the pig finds the credits for him. Exactly, and they call it a day. Um, you know, the crew gets Chopper back. Lando's like, "We shall meet again. See you later." And we find out that Chopper stole all the fuel, so now the crew, crew has fuel. They still need food, but now they have fuel. Mm-hmm. But there's we'll this really nice little scene with um, Lando at the end, where you know, Lando not to be outsmarted because he's he's Lando Calrissian, uh, reveals to the puffer pig that. Uh, he saw Chopper steal the fuel, and so he intentionally did not pay them. He hid his, mm-hmm. the money because uh, mm-hmm. he thought, oh, their payment is the fuel. Yep. A gambler and then, never throws cards. That's right. And then the nice little standard line, till we meet again. And yeah. that's it. Did so you guys... do you guys think we'll see Lando again? 
Or was that just kind of a way of closing the episode? I don't think we will. It has to be, in my opinion, if they use him again, it has to be probably in a better better episode, something to where he has to be there for a reason. They can't just bring him back just to bring him back. Mm-hmm. There has to be a purpose. That's yeah. my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. Unlike Bale, who I feel will be a prominent character later on. I think Lando is one of those characters that might pop in here and there, but really only when needed, you know, mm-hmm. for, for special this, occasions. You know, there, when you have guest stars, I feel like the other, the two ways of doing it are either uh, the Bale Organa, or like, I guess not Bale Organa, because that wasn't actually voiced by, uh, I'm blanking Jimmy on Jimmy Smith's? Yeah, I don't no. believe it was. was no. It? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. No, it wasn't. But like when you're doing a, a guest star like say Frank Oz, it's either because they're a really important character that mm-hmm. is going to, you know, cause some sort of important event, or it's because you want to like have a cool guest guest starred episode, you know, like a Scooby Doo sort of thing. Yeah, it's like stunt casting. Exactly. Like I, like I and said, I feel yeah. like Lando definitely qualified as a, hey, we can get Billy D. Williams on the show. Let's do an episode with Billy D. Williams. Yeah. It was oh. not that he added anything special. It was just that they could do it. Along those lines, and I want to get all, all of your thoughts, maybe uh, starting with you, Aaron. What do you think of all of these like really prominent guest stars? Um, we didn't really get... Um, I mean, we got, we did get to, to be fair, we got Liam Neeson briefly in the Clone Wars and Pernell August. Um, but for the most part, we didn't get, we had other, other actors playing these, these roles, not, you didn't get Yoda. You didn't get, um, Billy D. Williams. Part of that's cause, you know, probably Billy D. Williams or Lando in universe would be a little too young. Yoda uh, was already, was more of a recurring character. So it didn't make sense to have someone like Frank Oz play him. But do you think that there are, getting more of these uh but we also got james earl jones i forgot earlier mm-hmm. uh in, in the season for like the special re-airing of the premiere on, on, on abc do you think that this is um we're seeing this increase in the number of prominent guest stars um because of disney at the at the home and they're making new star wars films and they're trying to get it back in the public's consciousness or they're just trying to promote the show maybe they're worried about um trying to attract new audiences. What do you, what do you guys think? And do you think this is something like that we would have question. gotten before? <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. I, I, I know it's a very long, Aaron, I, but in short, what do you think about the return of all these classic guest stars in rebels? It seems a little more common than in the clone wars. I agree. Aaron go first. Um, I think that this show has a very, unlike the clone wars where it seemed like they were just kind of making it, hoping that it would last. Um, and they didn't really know what the end point was going to be, obviously, because they were planning on, it seemed like, up to eight seasons, and we only ever got to see five of them on TV. Um, I think this show has a very defined ending. I think it's going to be two or three seasons. Um, I'm actually leaning more towards two seasons, and I think it's going to be done. So I think these guest star and roles That's are right. very planned out. I think that um, you know we got to see, like you, you said, Frank Oz... Uh, James Earl Jones and now Billy D. Williams. I think they have some planned out event episodes like this that we'll probably see a couple more. Um, the Clone Wars had a decent amount of of, of uh, movie voices as well. Maybe not as prominent as James Earl Jones or Frank Oz, but you know they had you know the kid that did Boba Fett. You know he voiced 
Well, that's Fett. true. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, Annual Ahmad Logan. Best came back. Um, like you said, Pernilla August. Uh, Liam Neeson's pretty huge. I mean, he's probably a bigger star than any of these people um, are now. So, yeah, I think the Clone Wars had a decent amount, and I think we'll see the same thing with, with Rebels and probably a couple more. You know, we'll see. Tom, do you want to yeah, take I'll, a stab I'll, at it as well, or yeah, I'll I'll take a I'll take a stab at this. I, I really think the reason why they're doing this is because I think they really want people to get the feel that this is within the Star Wars universe that Disney is trying to create. They want to tie this into the original episodes, and the best way to do it is James Earl Jones, Frank Oz, um, and then Billy D. Williams. I think that's what they're really aiming for. So th- that's my opinion. You know, I, I think I think is it going to work? I think it on this intent, if that's what they are trying to do, I think it does work. But I also think they need to be careful and not constantly put it out there because at some point somebody's going to start going again. You know, is there a reason for this? If they bring Billy D back just to put him back in an episode, you're going to be like, but why is he here? When they brought in Liam Neeson, there was a point to do that. I'm on best, actually, because Jar Jar was in, in The Clone Wars. Jar Jar had to be there. Frank Oz, Frank Oz, when they brought him in this season, there was a point for him to be there. Move the story along. If they continue to bring these voice castings in, it has to move the story along. If it is a prominent voice actor like this billy d williams he told his story it moved this point forward but i think he should be done and that's it so that's that's my opinion on all this okay okay yep yep i mean i think that that makes sense um and interestingly they also seem to really bring in these guest stars at critical moments for the show where like you know, hey, we're going to re-air the premiere on ABC, or we're going to use yeah. Yoda to bring back in people after you know uh, the the break for the holidays. Or there's another brief break, so let's bring in Billy D. Williams to kind of kickstart things. Um, although, <laughs> interestingly, there was kind of this weird the way they announced. I guess we'll talk about this real quick before we get into our overall ratings. The way they announced Billy Dee's cameo in the film was kind of odd, because uh, I believe it was given to EW as an exclusive. I think it was EW, and um, but it was like Monday afternoon, uh, a week before the episode aired, that they announced this. But the episode actually went live on Watch Disney XD the night before, mm-hmm. so everyone was right. talking about Billy Dee Williams. And the next afternoon, they're like, "Exclusive! Billy Dee Williams is going to be in Rebels." I'm like. Yeah, that's uh, old news. Yeah, everybody saw it and watched it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and they, had, they had this whole like behind the scenes um, making of featurette and stuff, uh, which you know I still encourage you guys to go watch. It's always cool to see Billy D. Williams in the booth with everybody else and and that sort of thing. I'm trying to think of now that we're talking about like the possibility of other you know cameo type situations happening in the future of rebels i'm thinking well who else could they have at this point you know they we've had vader we've had yoda we've had lando and they're not going to bring in i mean you we've you were talking to william about the possibility of leia coming in well if they have leia come in they're not going to have 
Carrie Fisher do the voice. Um, same goes for Harrison Ford, you know. So yeah. know. who else like... could they really bring in? Have they already used up the ones that they, well, they why could do, possibly do? Why do you say that they couldn't bring in Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford? She probably seem really, well, she... sound really old. I would well, say for Carrie Fisher, her voice just is too far off now. Um, and they probably use somebody more like this. Well, might be a good but I mean, so was, so was Lando's voice. More harder to hide, yes, I think, with no. okay. <laughs> Yeah. But And um, I think the rumor is right with, with the Force and Awakens, um that they won't be using Carrie all that much either. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I Actually I think that. I'd be happy. Yeah. Um <laughs> but Harrison Ford is <laughs> Harrison Ford's not gonna do it. That's the thing. No. Like he would never I just I'd be shocked if he ever I, would, would come and do a guest star in on this. Um, I have trouble seeing it as well. But yeah, on the other funny. hand, you know, this is, I feel like Disney's probably, they they negotiate from a much stronger position than Lucasfilm ever could have on its own. They'd have to pay him the amount of money it takes them to make a whole season of this show. <laughs> probably. They, I mean, you can get uh, him to come back for Star Wars. I doubt he would do an animated Serious, no. but that uh, hey, it could uh, I could be proven wrong, but I was gonna say I bet you they bring back Peter Mayhew, and then I realized that <laughs> <laughs> really adds nothing. <laughs> well, they did it for Clone Wars. They made a big deal of the fact that they got him to come in for Clone Wars. You're right, Wars, they so. did actually. That's another one they brought in from Clone Wars. That's true. Oh, but yeah, I I just don't know who else at this point. You know what other big names they could bring in. Unless they were playing different parts, you know, I could see Mark Hamill coming in and doing a voice for someone other than Luke Skywalker. You know, and but. and to be fair, they did. Wow, I'm remembering all these now. They did bring in Mark Hamill for the Clone Wars uh, yeah. during the bonus, yeah. the last mission. So, okay, you're right. Which makes sense. I guess much I just more feel like than the, Harrison Ford because he is a voice actor. Yeah, right. I guess I just feel like the 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 number of cameos in Rebels has been much more condensed than in years yeah, past. Yeah, I guess the quantity the is probably about the same. It's because they're only going to have two seasons. They're also <laughs> they're also much more highly publicized. That that right? is true. Yeah, they're like we it's we've a, got what we've got a budget of six guest stars or ten guest guest stars, uh, major guest stars per show, and we got to spread it out. Clone Wars had six seasons, Rebels two seasons. No, <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know how many. We don't know. We don't know how. And no, I want to be know. clear. We don't know. Yeah, it's two seasons. Uh, I remember hearing that they were they were aiming it five as well but two or three probably seems reasonable given like the force awakens probably they're going to want to do a tv show based on something later once that that film hits so who knows but it you know i bet you that they've set up rebels so that if they need to do two seasons they can do two if they need to do five they can do five yeah. and it will depend on reaction to the force awakens and i bet you it'll depend heavily on reaction to the first uh, I don't know what to call it. Solo film, I guess. Oh, the spinoff film. The spinoff. Because yeah. it, so imagine a scenario where the spinoff film does really well, and they said, "Oh, you know, we want to make a TV series that helps tie into the spinoffs or connects the spinoffs, or you know, does something along those lines." I could see that really easily. Well, going back to what Greg said, if that's the case, then they must have. If it's right now, Rebels is technically a three-act play. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. So if it's two seasons. That's going to be a really quick three-act play. I could see if that's the case. A three-season one makes it best because now we're seeing the beginning. Second season is the middle, and the last season would be the end. And if they needed to stretch it out to go four, they could stretch out 
the middle part to get to the end, like they did with Clone Wars. Because Clone Wars, they kind of condensed the ending to a certain point, but they could still stretch out. The thing, the the only point I would make to that, though, is that think about how much of even season one has been these episodes just like this one, which really don't actually progress the plot almost at all. True. They're, they're, Very true. They're filler episodes. Right. I bet you you could finish, quote unquote, the three act story structure they want to do and do it in like, you know, half a season if they really wanted to. Like, hopefully it has more time to breathe and it's a little more complex <laughs> than that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they could do it. Well, if you look at the character arcs, even like this is my indication. Part of why I keep saying that I think it's only going to be two seasons mm-hmm. is Ezra, you know, we're not even done with season one yet. And he's already has his lightsaber and he already had his trial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like the the characters are progressing very fast. So I, that's yeah. why I'm kind of thinking, OK, they're setting us up for Ezra, you know, being a Jedi season two. He'll probably be, you know, a little bit more mature in that role. And we'll see him with his lightsaber a lot more. Um, and I, I, I really just feel like they're kind of, it's moving fast. And, um, that's why I'm thinking, you know, two seasons kind of makes sense, you know, with the force awakens and the timing of it at all. Um, and if they're, if they're planning three, it wouldn't surprise me either, but anything more than three, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, do we want to do yep. reviews Yep. or let's, ratings? Let's I'm good. Do it. Um, Tom, you want to go first? Uh, I'm going to go first. Um, you know, I like the episode for what it was. I think that it could have been a lot stronger. Um, you know, I'm just going to give it a 6.5. I, I was, I was going back and forth between a six and a seven, you know, I, there were issues. We had fun discussing this episode. I have to just give it a 6.5 and, and, and that's it. So I'm going to take my 6.5 Womp Rats and I think what I'm going to do is – I was going to say I could feed him to the puffer pig, but I have no idea what the puffer pig eats. So <laughs> I'm going to put them in a cage with the puffer pig and just let the puffer pig chase them around and let the womp rat scare it and let the, <laughs> let the puffer pig get really big and not really squish them because we did see when the puffer pig blew up in the ghost – Yes, it did kind of squish Ezra, but he was still able to move around. So I'm just going to have the Womp Rat scare the heck out of the Puffer Pig, you know, for infinity and beyond, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Why did I do a Toy Story reference? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Aaron, would you like to go uh, next? Sure. Um yeah, I think just for the the fun factor of this episode, I actually really enjoyed it. I had a lot, I, I was smiling the whole time, um, you know, laughing at a lot of the jokes. Some of them missed, you know. Um, I think Kanan was just as annoyed with the puffer pig as we were. You know, I like <laughs> yeah. I like the one line where he he comes out of the cockpit and he's like, "What's going on back here?" And Ezra's <laughs> like, "This is a puffer," and then Kanan's like, "I don't care," and walks <laughs> away that part. before before he could even finish his line. So yeah. You know, I think that they even kind of wrote it into the the episode a little bit that, you know, we know this is kind of dumb, but, you know, um, it was fun. It was a fun episode. The Lando thing, I was kind of worried about it. Didn't think I would like Lando being in the show, but actually thought it worked well. Um, So I'm going to say I'll give it seven. Seven Womp Rats. Okay. And I I have no creative ways of doing anything to them, but seven Womp Rats. Okay. Uh, well, I'll 
I'll go next if, if you want. Unless Stephen, you want you want to take yep, this? Yeah, by all means. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I enjoyed the episode as well. I mean, on on one level, I'm I, I'm kind of critical of it because yeah, there were some some things I didn't really care of, care about. The puffer pig kind of was an odd inclusion for Star Wars. Um, kind of too real worldy in some ways. Uh, and as Morgan was a little bit cartoony but you know that being said i i still really enjoyed it and you know lando was was fun to have in the episode not perfect but but really fun to have um and it's just kind of cool to have these classic characters back in the show so um i enjoyed it wasn't perfect but i'm gonna give it uh seven Wapparets as well and uh i was actually going back and forth between 6.5 and 7 just like you tom and uh, so I'll give it a solid seven Womp Rats, and I'm going to uh, give my seven Womp Rats to Asmorgan as a uh, as a oh. gift. Oh, aren't you? Are nice? they are they going to be barbecued or broiled? I didn't say he was going to eat them. <laughs> what kind of person are you, Tom? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was like that was so perfectly cruel, but delivered with so, so like just. Such matter of factness. <laughs> okay, Stephen. Oh. Sorry, you're up. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm gonna have to go a little bit on the other end. I I didn't feel like it was a bad episode, but I just I felt like it just didn't fire on all cylinders for me. In fact, it missed more cylinders than it, it hit. The like so, just. Everything felt like it happened a little too conveniently. And I realize that happens a lot in a 22-minute show, but I wish they had at least done a little more with it. So I think I'm going to have to give it a 6 out of 10. Um, it was worth watching once. I don't know if I would you know, go out of my way to watch it again. And with my 6 out of 10 Womp Rats, well, you have to bet something in Sabic. So when I go up against Lando, this yes. is my all-in. I was hoping okay. you would go this route. <laughs> okay. Am I that predictable? I I, was, I realized after I said mine, wait, nobody bet anything. There has to be a Sabak <laughs> reference this here. Is, this is a problem because inevitably Lando will know exactly what I'm thinking and he'll plan on it. But, oh, uh, well. A gambler never shows his cards, as he says. Yeah. So, Especially when he's cheating. Exactly. Well, it was never proven. Of course not. <laughs> Never proven. A good Maybe cheater. Maybe he just got never... really lucky. Maybe he did. Uh-huh. So, uh, coming up on okay. the Clone Wars, um, we're actually not quite sure. I, I did some research, and it doesn't look like there's an episode next week. Uh, we'll know for sure once the episode airs by the time you're listening to this. But right now, um, my uh, TV listing is not showing a new episode for the uh, 26th of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means we're probably taking a week off um, and then returning on February 2nd with Vision of Hope. Uh, that also explains some of the episode number strangeness. I know earlier we said Vision of Hope yes. was episode 12. Um, but uh, it looks and like that's said- actually the next episode. And it, 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 I think they're accounting the uh, Spark of Rebellion in that one. Uh, to, to bring it up from episode... I, when we were talking, I'm like, let's, 
see. The episode in two weeks is episode 12, but we're on episode nine, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that, that explains. I'm no mathematician. Math. But uh, strange math right. there. So next week is Vision of Hope. It's actually episode 10 of the uh, of the regular series. Uh, 12, if you include Spark of Rebellion. Uh, I thought in there. Vision of Hope is, isn't it like February 2nd? Yes. So that's not next week. That's two weeks. Yes, exactly. The, ne- the next episode. Of the okay, uh, which also probably uh, tells me that there's more than uh, Rebel Resolve is probably not the season finale. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe we might get Leia in the next episode. Does seem awfully soon, but who knows? I don't know. Uh, also, odd we are taking a week on, uh, having a week on, then a week off, and then a week on, and then a week off, and a week back on again. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of really very frustrating right now. Yeah, I know last week is because of the uh, the college football playoffs, I believe. And next week, I'm not honestly sure what's going on the 26th. There, there's there's no there's enough football next week, but just pray that I have a voice on February 2nd. <laughs> if they're going to have an episode after so. the Super Bowl. Yeah, after the Super Bowl, just well, pray I have a keep voice in mind on. since William and I now live in Washington, there's a good chance you won't be able to hear us over everyone talking about the Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's true. a good point. If Seattle wins, the chances are you, it's just going to be loud screaming for the rest of the day. Well, you guys are going to shake. That's <laughs> yeah, also possible. Yeah. But. So uh, with that, um, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun having you yeah, back. Thanks, on. Aaron. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks for having me. Like I told you guys before, it's one of my favorite shows to come on and talk. You guys... You guys know your stuff, and I love talking to you about all things Star Wars. So all anytime things. you want to have me back, I'm more than willing to do it. Thank you. That really means I a lot. I appreciate it. You are welcome back yeah, anytime. Thank you. Do you want to plug your podcast? You have a really great podcast that uh, I enjoy listening to. And uh, any Anything else you might want to plug? Oh, yeah. I do a Star Wars podcast uh, called Star Wars Bookworms with my co-host, Teresa Delgado. And we talk all things... Um, as you may surmise by the title, all things Star Wars literature, books, and comics, actually. So um, we will be having another episode coming up soon. We'll actually be talking about Star Wars Marvel or Marvel Star Wars number one. Um, and the last few volumes of Dark Horse comics as well. So um, we have that coming up. And I also do the Rebels reviews over at Jedi Jedi News UK. So if you're interested to hear my thoughts on the other Rebels episodes, uh, you can check out my reviews over there. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I I love reading your stuff and listening to your podcast. So thank you so much for joining us, as always. And uh, and yeah, you are also on Twitter at AV Goins. Right? Is that right? Yes, I am. Goins. Yep. At AV Goins. Yep. Perfect. (laughs) Just just double checking. (laughs) Uh, Cool. And I think with that, we are out until uh, until next week. or two weeks, actually. We might we might come back next week with another episode. We're still meaning to review a new um, a new dawn. A new dawn. Yeah, a new dawn. Uh, yeah, we're still waiting. Well, for it's more. not really a new dawn anymore. It's kind of an old an dawn. old dawn. The the dawn already has risen and then well, set again. Well, maybe maybe, maybe the um, sun has set on that new dawn. <laughs> the uh, the the force awakened to a new dawn and then it went it went ahead and set. Um, and then uh, we also have Tarkin. Which, uh, spoiler yep. alert, I still need to finish. And uh, coming up, Heir to the Jedi as well. So we've got lots of 
additional stuff. And Star Wars number one, so plenty of stuff for us to review. Oh when man, we it means have I have time. to buy it tomorrow. Yeah, and oh, well, not necessarily really... tomorrow, but you you do have to have to watch have to read it at some point. Yeah, well, I, that means I have to go buy it. Yeah, so yeah. I have to get it. So anyway, uh, and you know, also I just want to mention something we didn't talk about earlier, but there is another comic series coming up with um, that talks about the backstory of Kanan as well, which might be interesting. More Kanan backstory, uh, but this is when he's growing up. So we'll be reviewing that once that starts as well. I think that's what April. I think it's April. I think so. I think it's on our Facebook page, and please don't forget yeah. to friend us on Facebook. Yep, follow us and, on Twitter. And uh, until next time, thanks for hey, the force listening. With you. Catch y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright. 2015.